This show was brought to you by Ouch My Ego. OuchMyEgo.com Hey there, John. How's it going? It's uh, it's good. So, let me just ask you some questions here before we get into the thing. Are you aware of the term tokusatsu? I am aware of tokusatsu. What do you know of tokusatsu? It is shows like Kamen Rider and Power Rangers and stuff like that. Basically, costume, live-action anime in a sense, costume characters, fighting things. It's... It's a thing. So, tokusatsu just means special effects, but yes, you're right. Typically applied to kaiju and live-action kaiju fighters. So, not just Ultraman, but like as you said, Kamen Rider. My brother Richard loves Kamen Rider a lot. Apparently, in the 70s, there's uh, he, was, he lived in Hawaii. That stuff was very popular in Hawaii, but we didn't get it until mid-90s. So why am I bringing this up? What did we just watch? We watched Mechanical Violator Hakaider. I am Hakaider, the one who destroys to bring justice. In this mysterious megapolis, every individual is under total mind control. Hakaider, the Roboman, awakens from a long sleep. Ruthless justice? For satanic evil, treason, or revenge. What's his purpose? If this piece is fictitious, I shall destroy it. Roboman Hakaider. So, I love. Mechanical Violator Hug Kiter. I'm going to go on record right now and just say it at the beginning. You can tell me later if you well, love it or not. I, I know exactly why you like this movie. Well, tell me. Hakaider is the Asian Kyle McLaughlin. The, the actor. <laughs> the actor. No, <laughs> you brought it up. I wasn't going to bring it up at all. But uh, I guess, yeah. he's he, Well, it's it's him in more so in Firewalk With Me when he, he doesn't have a lot of the, the humor going on. So he's just like the face. Uh, yeah, just I get what you're the, saying. Yeah, the actor, there there are shots in this film where, especially it's like once he meets our Motley heroes, that, yeah, I just, all of a sudden went, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew's love of Twin Peaks has subconsciously infiltrated everything he watches. It's like, I, I know there's a reason why I was stuck having to watch this thing. It's because no. of that. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought of it. Never thought of it once. But you made me say it, so somebody... Somewhere, take a drink. So what is this story anyway? Then we'll unpack the history around it, I guess. Is there a story? Yeah, (laughs) tell me what happens. No, no, because there's there's not, nothing happens in this thing. It's a collect, I mean, to even call this a movie is kind of generous. It is a collection. Oh, no, no, no. It's a collection of scenes that are put sequentially after each other until they decided to stop. I, there yeah, are I, definite themes going on in here. There are things so, that happen. There's things that happen. I'm but- saying themes, <laughs> not things. Theme. Like, there's th- a theme. There's a town called Jesus Town, which is where the last of all humanity lives now, I suppose. I don't know. Well, what you tell me, John? Well, okay. Some people break into a bunker of some sort and find a dude chained up along with his motorcycle. And that is Hakaider, who is apparently a cyborg man. And he goes to Jesus Town 
and kills everybody. The end. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's more to it than that. No, there is really. absolutely more to it than not, that. Not there much is. more. <laughs> there's there's a strange link to the girl in the Freedom Fighter Resistance group. There is another cyborg named Michael. Mike. Yes. Oh. There is. The runner of uh, Barter Town, Jesus Town, I did that on purpose, yes. who is this strangely flamboyant... Um, He's, he is Glam Sephiroth from Final Fantasy VII. Although, oh, I th- for a while, what? I thought he had a he actually had wings, and I guess it just turns out he has a dead bird on him. Yeah, <laughs> so he has a dead bird on his shoulder the whole time. Judge Dread style, actually. Judge Death style. He runs this town, and it's very religious-themed. It's called Jesus Town, and he tries to run everything on a righteousness bent, but he does it through fascism. He decides at one point that anyone who who's going to be a dissident to him he's going to capture them and put a microchip in their brain which effectively lobotomizes them to point you sit there and go you know you can just lobotomize them you're going through a lot of steps to do something that isn't as difficult and yet still as horrendous yeah i was thinking that instead of just because this time i really paid attention because most of the time i just watch this thing for the special effects but this time I was paying attention to that lobotomy scene and I was trying to understand what's the next step after the lobotomy. And he's just like, Now he will be reborn. In this nation, no crime is allowed to happen. Any criminal, any disobeying citizen will be given a new life by me, my beautiful little children. To them, I am their only father. I must protect them. And I'm like, I thought you, logically, you would turn them into your stormtroopers. Which I think that's kind of what they're supposed to be. But at the same time, it's hard to tell what the stormtroopers are because half the time they seem to be robots because, you know, Hokkaido will punch them and then they'll be made of wires. Mm-hmm. One of the first times we see them, they're apparently made of feathers because Hokkaido <laughs> shoots them and, they, and they're and they basically uh, pillows. And also at one point, some of them just kind of spontaneously combust and they must be very flammable pillows. <laughs> and then at another point, uh, our Archangel Michael, because I am not lost on any of the religious stuff before they even got to the uh, Jesus Town stuff. Like okay. immediately, immediately I heard Michael and I kind of went, this is going to be some sort of religious mention. Oh, Jesus Town? Okay, yes, he's going to be an eight. <laughs> Right. I, I, I've watched enough anime to go, I know when you're going to start doing a, a Christian metaphor of some form. Alright, so, to reiterate, this is live action. There is minimal animation. The animation that I did see in this were crows flying around a building. Uh, they couldn't actually just have crows swarming around the top of a building. So they had to animate them. And then they animated with CG very minimal things like computer interface or a bullet. Well, there's like all the the shock waves coming off of a kite. Uh, yes, and at shock the waves. End. Yeah, it's once they get punched and stuff. Okay. Yeah, it's it's not an animated film. This is live action. I'm pretty sure that we made that clear when we started when we we're talking about. Yeah, it. but I'm reiterating it because okay. you mentioned anime, and I don't want to want people to like me when people start talking about anime. I glaze over and I go, uh huh, uh huh, yeah, uh huh, uh huh. Okay, okay, uh huh. Stop. But yeah, um, this is. <laughs> I just but yeah, that. But yeah, this is still an anime. It, even if it's origin, they even show that this is all based off is still from live action. It's anime. <laughs> and but yeah, there's also to go back to the uh, stormtroopers. They're also kind of squishy because uh, Michael kills one and he is squishy, makes a big blood blood splatter. 
There's that was amazing. Now, anyway, we we should maybe talk about that point if we ever get to that point in the story. If there, you can't uh, don't want to talk about a story. It seems <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not, that's not. I don't want to talk about a story. It's just I mean, there's a lot to talk about in this film. Of all the shows I've been doing, heck, in the last say six months. This has the most notes. Oh, really? And the movie's only an hour and 17 minutes. It's the shortest right. thing I have watched, and I've written <laughs> more notes about this than I have anything else. So it's not that there's nothing to talk about. <laughs> okay, well, as far as the story goes, there is a band of freedom fighters who is fighting Jesus Town, And this band of freedom fighters isn't spearheaded by a woman, but she's like lieutenant, second-in-command sort of thing. And she keeps on, I guess, having dreams. This is the part that really confuses me about the, the story. She has dreams. These are very Terry Gilliam-esque sort of dreams, how they're shot. They remind me of the movie Brazil, especially when our hero is having his flights of fancy in Brazil, flying around and fighting a big samurai soldier. There is a Grim Reaper character also with wings. The wings are a very big theme in this. And... um he gets a sword run through him from behind. That shot is very, just very Terry Gilliam. And I was like, different director direct this? No, it's pretty consistent, actually. That was a knight in shining, ar- not shining, black armor. Matt yeah. Black Armor. Yeah, he's a black uh, armored but- knight. And did You did mention that she is a fairy, right? Like No. Yeah, I just did. for some reason, she's a fairy. and Because uh, this is the f- the first time we actually see this character, as I recall. Cause yes, I the think very it, first time. Is, is this, all of a sudden, the film stops and becomes this weird fantasy thing. There's no nothing that prompts this. Not like, we see this girl, and she's dreaming, and then we see this. It's all of a sudden, there's a fairy chained to a tree. And you're just sitting there, what the... Expletive deleted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this movie is, is very much like that, I think. This is a movie that if you glance away from watching it, as I did this last time, and you glance back, glance away, I'm talking about a momentary glance, glance away during a transition, you will be lost. Well, let's be fair. If you keep watching the film, you will be lost. You... <laughs> <laughs> okay, but my, my lost is simply, wait, how did they get from that scene to that scene? Yes. And again, this is where I go, the story is meaningless because, let's be fair, this is nonsense. <laughs> this movie is... All right, is... so uh, apparently our, our <laughs> villain, the Jesus Town guy who runs Jesus Town, once made a cyborg enforcer, and that was Hakaider. Now, Haka means destroy. Kika means machine. So Kikaider in the origin of this story, Kikaider is the hero. And he is the typical tokusatsu hero robot dude. Fights monsters, fights bad corporations or, or, or clandestine government groups, whatever. And the villain in the Kikaider series, which was a live action series, is Hakaider. He's, he's his complete opposite, his foil. Yeah. And he is here. To use video game terms for some of those who are inclined, he is the proto man to Mega Man. Okay. I wouldn't know that, nerd. Yeah, I know. I had to interject <laughs> something. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but here, I let's go back to 1995 when this came out. The internet was hardly a thing. I have seen nothing online about this as far as reviews. I, I don't really look too deeply but if you take a disney character like maleficent and say let's make her a hero you come out with the movie maleficent and you flip the the script there that's what they did with hakaider and i do not know how this was taken by the public i can't imagine well he's being 
too pleased initially. Well, I mean, at this point... Uh, at the news. I would have to look up the, you know, Android Kakaider uh, timeline. But by this point, I mean, it's not out of the ordinary to spin off your characters and have them do opposite things. And to be fair, in this film, Hakaider is not exactly a hero. He's an anti-hero at best, but he doesn't... Well, he is an anti-hero. He is. You're absolutely I mean, right. He's, he is an anti-hero. And he's he not a villain. A... Yeah, he's not necessarily a villain because he's not exactly, you know, he's not opposing any good people. But, I mean, even the good guys in this film, the resistance, uh, aside with the exception of the girl, none of them are actually good, and we only get to know them for about 30 seconds before they're all killed. So, you know, we kind of see that they're kind of petty, whiny, shitty people. And then... Now, let me ask you, did you watch this with the subtitles on as I I asked? did. Yes, I did. All right. Okay, for the audience... If you were to get your hands on this in whatever way, I hope it has English subtitles and it is also dubbed in English. If it's dubbed in Japanese, the English subtitles, you know, they're serviceable, they work. But the dub in English versus the English subtitles and having them be on at the same time, for me, adds so much more silliness to this movie. It does and it doesn't. It, it very much shows the difference between translation, whereas the subtitles are most likely a direct translation from the Japanese language version of the film. So you're getting exactly what's being said in Japanese. Now, when we met the resistance, the subtitles and the English dub are inconsistent to this point. To me, I, I found this very amusing. The person would be saying something girl would be saying something there's a, a really pregnant pause where nobody actually says anything in response but the subtitle there is something under there and it seems that when the dub comes back on the dub is not responding to a blank but to what the subtitle was well kind, that was amusing well kind yeah because there other people are talking and yet the dub is not filling in a lot of those gaps and then all of a sudden but the person on screen is now talking as opposed to some but she seems like she's totally responding to what the subtitle was like she had read it or something like it's on the like it's a spoof parody movie you know but i was like if you're not watching the dub or, or the subtitles it would just be like to whom is she saying this response to because there was nothing said for her to respond to yes but so, you know you know why i was I, I really shouldn't have watched it with the subtitles only because it's, the subtitles help give context to everything that happens so in japanese this movie is better i think i should state it like that it's a better movie in japanese without actually having seen uh, listened to it with the Japanese dialogue track. But there's that second dream sequence that... Uh, actually, I did write down the character's name, even though... Oh, no. They, they do say her name. They never say the villain's name, but he's only referenced in subtitles. Our female heroine's name is Kaoru. And if I wasn't watching this with the thing with the subtitles i think it'd be more entertaining to be baffled by the fact that all of a sudden the second uh, thing she after you know kakaider the the knight saves her she all of a sudden becomes a bride for what would be apparently <laughs> no reason whatsoever but in also in the dub they're like maybe what you really need to do is recharge his batteries kauru <laughs> <laughs> yeah and she's like no i'm not what are you talking about this is just a guy that what leave a dude chained why but there's a reason why. He's chained because a bunch of monks, I think, or something like that, who or dissidents, they left with Hakaider back in the day. They left with them, and 
then they realized Hakider means destroyer. <laughs> He's destroying everything. So they they chain him up and leave him. Uh, that's what I gleaned. Yeah, you can infer things from what people say and again from what the subtitles are. Nothing is ever clear. <laughs> so no, like why is he chained up? There's no and again, he obviously wasn't left there by a uh, Jesus Town guy, which you would think that he was, but the Jesus Town guy tells the story. No, he was taken by these dissidents. He ran off. That's where his knowledge of the story ends about Hakaider. But now he's back for revenge, whatever revenge it is. Yeah, and again, as I said before, things just kind of happen. <laughs> Scenes follow each other, but there's no reason No, this is for an interesting it. cast, though. It's an international cast. There are a lot of white people. Well, not a lot. Not. Okay, there's more Asians than anybody, obviously. And there's a handful of white people and even a less handful of black people. They're all peripheral characters, not real characters at all. But uh, some of the, uh, they're called bikers, but they're not. The scavengers, those uh, resistance fighters, those guys are a mix of Asian, white, and black people. And then immediately dispatched. After a sit-around discussion scene they are destroyed thoroughly especially I, I thought the leader guy the cool guy with the glasses he just like totally looks like the right kind of leader you know yeah he just gets killed like everybody just gets riddled with bullets and i'm like what i, I that guy see. seems like he could be like totally useful in a story <laughs> and then they just like kill them all yeah they they exist to kind of give you you know we're fighting this evil government because they're lobotomizing people. Our entire reason for being is now expired. <laughs> we, well, we don't okay, want to pay so, these people So they anymore. actually set up a little bit more philosophy than that. Just a little bit. So the freedom fighters find this loot that they've got. If we destroy the parliament, then we'll be the new leaders. Then we will control everything. Then we'll have a lot of this. Don't let it go to your head. This money is for a cause. Huh? It's not your allowance. Nah. Don't replace the fat cat with another fat cat. And that's the philosophy in this. So some of the Freedom Fighter people are in it for the wrong thing. They're just thieves. Yeah, well, that's wow. the, the big thing is she's the idealist. Our, yeah. The leader is kind of nebulous. And then almost everybody else kind of seems like they're in it for the money or the, the potential for rule. But it doesn't yeah. matter because, again, we only know them for about 30 seconds and then they all get killed. <laughs> it's, yeah. But again, it's at less than an hour 20 so it's a very quick and efficient i guess storytelling really it's you say anime i don't watch anime so i'm thinking more like a, a comic at least how i would like comics to be like get to the point not too many words it's yeah. a comic it's a visual medium i don't want to read yes you know? they they only have the budget for an hour you know to do this so let's uh <laughs> we have to tell our story as quickly as possible even if it doesn't ultimately make any sense whatsoever <laughs> which you keep saying but i'm not so sure oh no i okay i guess we'll skip we'll just skip to that point i don't like this thing but i definitely think people should watch it this is oh, really? so this is stupidly entertaining this is a dumb then why, <laughs> then, movie then why don't you like it yes every time i watch it I'm, i just roll my eyes at a lot of it oh no i love how it looks Oh I no, love no no! How the camera works and the editing is really good. So people should never buy this. No one should own this. This it's just hey, something. It's something that just should be. I do. <laughs> people just need to be able to see it, just because it's just so bonkersly thing, and it'll make you appreciate 
anytime you say something is bad, this is worse. No. But no, 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 no. No. This is bad. Mm-hmm. This no. is a really bad thing. But it is just so dumbly entertaining in a very base look, look, sort. No, 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 no. Look, seriously, you have the room. The room is entertaining, but the room is genuinely, not intentionally, bad. This movie is not like that. There's no hokey, as far as we can tell, there's no really hokey bad acting. There's just set pieces and a thin thread to get from set piece to set piece. Thus, it's a bad movie. It's not a badly made movie. It's not a, even a badly acted movie. Uh, even voice acting's fine. No. Fine. It's fine. Listen to my words. No. Fine. I will sit it's there. Not Again, I what's I've, what's good voice acting to you? And you uh, name some anime the, guy, go away. No, name that's, a real good movie with voice acting. I'm going to talk about exactly that because it has to be based on anime or stuff of that time. Because if you're going to do a contextual thing where this is okay, vo- you know, fine voice acting, not really. Anime of the time was still better voice acting than this, or some of it anyway. But this is Did very you ever much see Gunhead. I have not seen Gunhead. Gunhead had an international cast, so it had some voice acting and it also had some regular acting brenda baki was the regular actor so she spoke english correctly and it wasn't a dub unless it was adr the rest of the people who had to speak english but were actually japanese those guys were dubbed that's fine you know there's just really transparently absolutely terrible stuff and this is serviceable is what i'm saying fine by serviceable you get it Fine doesn't mean the best. It doesn't mean Steam Boy or whatever. I don't know if that's the best. I just know that I, that had an international cast. It doesn't mean it's a Miyazaki movie dubbed by Disney. You know what I mean? <laughs> what? Once the uh, mics are off, ooh, I'm I've got my fists up. We're gonna have no. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> Uh, you know, Tokyo Shock put this out. Do you remember them? Oh, yeah. I, I've seen many a Tokyo Shock film. Yeah. They originally released the Takeshi Miike films over here. I don't know if Miike is the correct way to say it. Ichi the Killer and <laughs> Visitor Q. I don't know if you've ever seen Visitor Q. No, I've... That, that's been one where I was like, I will see this one day and one day has yet to come. Yeah, well, it's not... I'm not going to cover it here, but it is bonkers. But when I watched it, finally, not as bonkers as I expected. Not as bonkers as its reputation holds. So, but anyway, that is not a tokusatsu film. By the way, t- Miike has done a tokusatsu film. Oh, yeah. I forget what it is. But uh, it Zebra was, Man, if I remember No, right. not just that. Not just that. Another one where... It has a bunch of giant robots. It's very silly. These are characters from a video game, and I forget what it's called. But it was very accurate and very cute and very fun. It was it was a family film. That's he's done a couple. Yeah, that one Superman I... wanted to. Yeah, that yeah the the I guess the one with the giant mechs or whatever. I or robots. I don't know. I yeah. that one does. I used to play like Tatsunoko versus Capcom on the Wii, and some of those characters were in that film. So the director of this film is Kite Amamiya. Do you know what he does? What he is known for? I do remember that because I looked him up. And if I remember right, he did uh, Iria, which is one of the animes that I really like. As well as... Oh, no. He's the concept designer from Iria. But he yes. uh, directed, directed the live action Zerum. I like Zerum a lot. Uh, not the first movie. The second movie works more. But anyway, I like Zerum. So uh, the character designer, that's the role that I like this guy in the most. Not just that, he did, um... He's done a lot of video games as well, which I which I recognize uh, some of the stuff, like the Onimusha games, uh, character designs for, like, uh, Genji Dawn of the Blade, which, was, which had some interesting creatures in it, uh, Clock Tower 3, which was... 
an odd game. So he did Cyber Ninja and Moon Over Tau, something called Moon Over Tau, which they have all these Japanese names here, and I can't understand them. Cyber Ninja was a video game as well, I do believe. But he did Shin Kamen Rider, and this is where Mortal Kombat got their head pull spine thing where they ripped off the guy's head and the spine's dangling it's from shin kamen rider and he directed that now that makes its appearance in mechanical violator hakaider as well yeah does rip off michael's head at one point which okay am i wrong or he rips off michael's head and and drops it and then out of nowhere all of a sudden a claw like a claw Wait, wait yes we'll get there let's rewind just a bit to the point where michael is displeased with a soldier. Yeah. The part that's really bloody first. Well, I was talking about the squishy dude, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so this guy is like the only survivor of Hakaider killing everybody. He says, Please help me. Why should I help you? Only soldiers who have fought and died deserve to be one of my men. Some backwards logical thing there like fight to the end sort of thing well that was the thing is because not only that it's you see him moments before you know he's looking at the body of one of the fallen pillow men and he jedi closes because his his head can't can't actually close you know can't get in there and close the guy's eye he just might be his his hand above the face and the eye closes but you know he's very delicate and tender and you think that he is you know a benevolent type of boss i guess right yeah yeah he's a he's a good guy yeah and then he punches this dude in the face <laughs> for being no, alive not, not just that and blood spurts everywhere all over his own ar- i get i'm gonna call it armor because these tokusatsu guys are just actors wearing armor and the the designs are amazing this is actually what i want from a robocop type of film i want them to just go i like how these anime guys they make them lightweight materials and they can flip around and jump and do ninja stuff most of the time not that these guys do until the end and our robocop is super heavy and he can hardly move and they have to make up for it with editing and stuff you know what i mean yeah yeah it's 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 a sad thing that they didn't how did you do it japan how did you do this they don't they have like these big heavy things but speaking of big heavy things yes he rips off the guy's head michael's head is on the ground and then this big claw grabs it like you said almost like one of those claws that grab toys in those claw machines but okay but then apparently all that's happening on the other side of a wall because it's like all of a sudden there's like the I, I, so I, are you, you're you're struggling here the, the geography you're doing like spielberg rules the geography you know? of the scene makes no sense where all of a sudden it's spielberg rules spielberg has a tyrannosaurus rex barrel into the scene off camera you don't see it but everybody can see it logically in the scene they can see this thing coming at them but they behave on camera as if they were never able to see it because it's off camera that's how this scene plays out. This claw reaches over, and Hakaider's like, the head is three feet in front of me on the ground. Oh, my, I got the attention from the Jesus Town boss. Now we're having a dialogue. So my head has shifted just, you know, an angle, just a slight angle towards him. So I'm now focusing on him giving me some dumb lecture. This huge, clanky claw comes over, grabs the head, and pulls it. I'm not going to pay attention to that. I'm paying, I'm in the middle of a conversation. I don't have time to 
to pay attention to this clanky claw grab a robot head off the of ground. Yeah, Whatever. but then it's like, but then it's like the the claw comes. If I'm remembering this right, the claw comes through a wall and grabs him and pulls him through. How the hell did the claw get the hand in the first place? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, the claw, anyway, I can't figure that one out for you. The claw installs the head on this part of this machine that it is, and all I was thinking was Mark 13 hardware. Okay, yeah. This movie came yeah. out after hardware, and this is totally like their version of Mark 13. Although I will say this what Michael's face becomes looks kind mm-hmm. of like Kikider. It is Kikider. That's totally a reference. Like, yeah, I'm all going. the paint, all the paint gets like a, a shredded off of it or something, whatever, and it's got the red and whatever. Red and, yeah, by the, red the way, and blue. I've never noticed that until this viewing, and I've seen this a handful of times. So that tells you sometimes my viewing habits are brainless. It is Kikider, a, a reference anyway. Kikider, Mark Thirteen, Kikider has this big fight. Well, before they fight, hold on, before they have that fight, it's just him as Michael and and. Hakaider fighting they're punching the walls and the walls are white and once they punch through the walls you see the wiring electrical wiring but it, it's all red everything yeah. is red yeah basically it's like as as they fight the walls start to bleed essentially but it's not even blood it's just well, it's just like foam and stuff it's inside well, no. it's not dripping well no there's no, no liquid no it's not it's it not is dripping but when you get down to it's like all of a sudden you see like these shots of the room and instead of just you know chunks being taken out of the wall or whatever it is i mean there is stuff that is seemingly flowed down a little bit so it's like yes the walls are bruised and bleeding it's cables and it's cables and wires no it's not now hanging out because i mean this is like smooth stuff it's not wires and stuff hmm that's not what I noticed. I noticed the wires. Okay, different perspective, so that's what you saw. It's not what I saw. I did not see the UFO, John. You did, though. Yeah. I'm not but... going to say you didn't see the UFO. <laughs> but, yeah, that yeah, they, they fight, and it's it's not a bad... There's, like, the uh, little stop-motion fight that they have isn't, isn't a bad fight. Oh, all the stop-motion stuff in this is pretty good. I was pretty happy with it. It's very Harryhausen. It's not like Henry Selleck smooth it's a little bit more obvious to being stop motion but or leica leica pictures they oh, do, oh like, wait really wait. good so it looks like it's real before this i do have to bring this up because i looked at my note and i i remember this okay. hakaider uh, I've, I've mentioned jedi already once before hakaider is a jedi why do you say that hakaider shoots a bullet as he's gonna storm the facility after uh, the girl gets killed sorry uh, spoilers yeah she dies that's where the wedding <laughs> the bride thing comes in is she dies and matches herself i don't bride. understand is do they have a psychic link there's no reason for us that <laughs> it do they is. is it is it telling us that they have a psychic link it because could... she they have a conversation in this fa- fairy fantasy land and she's like this is the place this is my secret hangout you're the first one i brought here with me It's the only oasis in Jesus Town. And then she goes into her dream sequence where she becomes a bride and marries a kiter and then dies. But no, no, he's storming the castle and he fires one bullet that flies through the facility and somehow manages to strike the computer that kills like 90% of the stormtroopers. It doesn't ricochet. We don't see it like bounce off things. It directionally flies 
to where it needs Which brings to go. me to the question about this gun that he's got. Now, I noticed here after a skirmish earlier on in the film with these stormtroopers. Now, the stormtroopers are very interesting looking. They have these very long heads. I like the designs that this guy comes up with, and I want them in more Western films. But Heather, she was watching this with me, and she was going, don't they kind of remind you of the guys from Kroll? And they okay, yeah. kind of do. They, they kind of do. The Kroll guys are, are a lot more pointy and... I guess organic or like yeah. lobstery, like a mimic. But yeah, they kind of re- resemble the crawl guys. Interesting enough, but they're all dressed in white. These guys. One guy gets his arm blown off, and he's holding a shotgun. Now Hakider has to reach for a weapon. He reaches for this guy's arm, takes the shotgun out of it, and he keeps that gun with him from that point on. It seems this gun is so powerful. <laughs> Yep. He blows everything up with this one gun. As you said, he shot through the thing and hit the computer correctly. But that was, to my knowledge, this gun. Or was it his gun and it was taken away from him because he did have a gun earlier on? Well, no, wait, wait, wait. That, yeah. No, wait, wait. The shotgun, if I remember right, was on his bike. The big, super right. powerful shotgun was on his bike. He takes right, it from there. but he takes it from the guy's arm that's holding it. It's At least they look like the same gun anyway. It's just a weird dis- discrepancy that I found. So, it's no big deal. It's not a movie breaker. This movie no. can't be broken. It's already... <laughs> It, yeah, Whack it's all, as it is. It, yeah, the movie's already broken. Trying to find logic in it, <laughs> like like me, like me wondering where this claw went from. Who cares? Oh, but I do. No, you do. You do. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. No, no. Uh, unlike Hansel and Gretel, where I got really caught up on certain things, there's nothing in this film to get caught up on because it's just all bonkers to begin with. Yes. And that's again where I sit there and go, why people should watch this is because this is just stupidly bonkers and. And that's where all the entertainment lies. Is it's just kind of going? Well, what's the thesis of this show? <laughs> what, did <I> just... <laughs> what did I just watch? Yes, I do love it. I, I don't always love. Now I had a, a conversation with Michael from our last episode about Freaked, but I had an off mic conversation about types of movies that we prefer and i prefer difficult movies where i have to earn the ending typically not brainless junk food i don't like junk food movies as my movie watching diet i like things that are more difficult that's why sometimes we have really really difficult movies in this show but most of the times i try to balance it now this one is absolute junk food yes this is a twinkie This is a Twinkie or a Ho-Ho Hostess Cupcake. It is not anything substantial. Except for the thing that I really love about this is all the character designs. I am jealous of this guy's skill and ability to come up with these characters as they look. They're very, very cool looking. Like I said, I want my Robocop to look like this. And they kind of came close with the reboot of Robocop. I'm not talking about the style of filmmaking, whatever. Shut up. But the kind of... Hey, I didn't hate that remake. I thought it was I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to the audience. I'm being mean to my audience. The They kind of got close with the Robocop. They started paying attention to being a little bit more interesting looking. And I really like the first Robocop, so second one's okay. But the kind of armor and suits in this primo top-notch stuff. That's all I get from this director, Zerum and all that. That's some of my favorite. Even the anime of Zerum, Iria, the character designs on that are just amazing. Yeah, it's a very interesting thing to look at. I was re-watching it not too long ago, and as much as I still enjoy the show... A lot of that is nostalgia from back in the time. Well, better shows have come up. It's hokey. 
it, it's, it's a hokey show. Well, it's we were talking about uh, voice acting and stuff like that. It's got some really bad voice acting, even for the time, because the time was never that good for dubs like that. Yeah. Well, it's this guy's work, so maybe he's like, yeah. uh, I don't know English, whatever. Yeah, it's a wonderful piece of art, though, and this guy does beautiful design. Yeah, that's really what got my attention. I just saw the cover of this, and I was like, what? I'm gonna buy it. I bought it at Circuit City, I think. But to finish the film off, Hakaider kills Michael again. He blows him away with a uh, gun in his chest, because of course he does. Oh, Akai- this is a CG moment. This is the other CG moment. He has three barrels pop out of the X on his chest. It, well, it's like he has weapons everywhere. We're just kind of, at one point, all of a sudden something like pops out of his wrist and he shoots a dude. I mean, it's just... Well, he, his gun was taken because he's fighting... Was it Michael that he was fighting or the other guy? I think it was the I, other guy that he was fighting. Yeah, I think it was the, the other end. guy. Yeah. So he's all damaged and his gun is unloaded and then he reaches over, grabs two shells and the guy's like whatever you don't have a gun and then he just loads his arm and shoots him yeah he's a convenient uh <laughs> it's, it's just convenient that he has weapons everywhere you designed him don't you remember where you put all the weapons hmm? yeah he kills michael and then there's a final confrontation and i'm gonna at least try and try and pronounce the villain's name as I said, I've only seen it as subtitled, and as I recall, I don't think they've ever stated his name in the dub. But he's uh, Gurjev. Gurjev and his robots. Gurjev. It's yeah. like Russian. Something like that. You know, there's a conference. Guru Jeofu. But he, yeah, it's like they're going to be like, you know, you should kill me. You know, I'm. Uh. You know, I'm the bad guy, and Hakaider decides he's just going to walk away. And What was the whole point? Yeah, villains are villains, and he's going to be betrayed, and then he, he punches. If I remember right, he punches the guy. And, again, Gurdjieff is made out of feathers. <laughs> he is the pillow person as well. It's a stylistic thing. Don't you understand? Don't you understand style? No, he's just made out of feathers. <laughs> yeah, so, John, you don't recommend it? I mean, no, wait. John, I recommend you do the film. recommend it. I think it's a terrible you don't movie. don't like it. <laughs> no. no. Uh, if you like this film, and uh, uh, even you, yeah, it's like, it's not one of these things where we're like, how can you like this at all? Because there's... No, it's... Yeah, there's, there's a lot to like. It's just one of these things where I go, I've seen this. I never have to watch this again. Thank God. (laughs) But. I I go back to it every so often. But it's one of these things that every now and then, if I get the opportunity to watch something like this, I will 100% hands down watch it. Because (laughs) I like this stuff. Even if not, even if I don't necessarily like, you know, like it in the end, I enjoy watching things like this. Yeah. If you want to see a conventional version of this kind of thing there is a movie called kickider reboot came out in 2014 hawkider is his nemesis in this and i've only seen about half of the movie it's not bad like the very there is a reminiscent scene of the big mark 13 as i call it fight at the end of this movie there's a reminiscent scene on top of a building like close to the end of the first act and i'm like that's like like that's a end they, they scene kinda, they kind of sh- shot doing? their wad early huh <laughs> yeah really like what are you doing <laughs> punching this giant machine it doesn't have the face though it doesn't have michael slash kick face because it's kick beating up the machine anyway but i was just like this is is this a reference what is this 
But anyway, yeah, I haven't seen all of it. I, I aim to, but uh, this you can find on YouTube, but it's just a dubbed version, no subs. It's still going to be enjoyable. It's the perfect time to watch it that way, because then you can be baffled by the girl turning into a, a bride, and then listen to our <laughs> show, and then go, oh, that makes sense. Or, or does it? <laughs> yeah, or does it, yes. Yeah. Well, John, thank you again for joining me. Andrew, thank you for having me watch this. You're welcome. Thank you. I'm glad you didn't hate me this time. <laughs> I succeeded. Woo! Sort of. It's kind of. A, I, I call it a success. You call it. You hate the movie, but enjoy watching it. Oh, weird. You're confusing. I am a very complex person, or I have a complex one or the other. <laughs> this I know to be true. All right, everybody. Good night. Have a good one, guys. Andrew's love of Twin Peaks has subconsciously infiltrated everything he watches.